Hi guys, this is Mike. I just wanted to take a couple moments before launching into this final installment of our series on strange artifacts and just say I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry because it has taken us so long to get this episode ready and out the door. And there are a lot of reasons for that I could bore you with, uh, ranging from heart issues for myself, um, hunting season for Austin, COVID, um, let's throw in sick family members that need help. There's just been tons of stuff going on and it's been really difficult for Austin and I to get together in the studio. Um, we have been talking back and forth about wanting to get in the studio, but something happened that kind of made Austin have to, well, let's just say, live by himself in his room for a while. I'll let him tell you about that. He sent me an audio recording that I'm going to throw in here. I'll put my comments as it goes along. And then we'll just launch into our episode. But anyway, I hope all of our listeners are having a great day. I'm hoping that their life situations has been a little better than ours recently. But hey, life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. All right, Austin, take it away. Hey, guys. It's Austin here. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've let you guys down. Yeah, you kind of have. I feel like I've let myself down. And to be honest, I have. You see, it's September, and in September, men like me take to the woods Drama queen. to shove a tiny stick through the heart of a living creature, and I failed. But I did catch something. Yeah, you did. Something called COVID and a sinus infection. And strep throat. He's been confined to his room for 10 days. And while I was out there <laughs> facing the elements. Oh my gosh. I came back a bit under the weather. So this is a formal apology. It's about time. The late release of our episode. The stagnant time between product distribution blah 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 has been due to many factors family drama hunting and illness yeah I guess that's kind of true I'd like to say that we're going to get better and I have before again with the drama but we all know that this time of year is specifically hard so sorry you're going to have to deal with it. Hopefully, episodes come out more frequently. Wouldn't that be something? But uh, don't count on it. Smart Alec. Taters. Hey, guys. You're good. You're hey, guys. Not hey, guys. <laughs> Hey guys. Hey guys. And uh, what? I always do this. You do. But what episode are we on? You're, I supposed, to, you're supposed to ask that before you start. I know. Um, this is this is a milestone. We are in episode 40, which is like four times 10. Yep. That's two times 20. Mm-hmm. 20 times 20. Yeah. No, it's not. You, you aren't paying attention. Nope. I just let you ramble when you start doing that uh, stuff where you're like, it's the same as purple. 
and lavender and blue plus red and <laughs> <laughs> well it's the same as five times eight okay yeah whatever you say buddy. or you could go six times ten minus four times five all right yeah so Big my number dad's, 40. my dad's good at <laughs> basic algebra that's just basic math i think it's algebra he's not good at definitions though is that your stomach i didn't make no noises could have been mine must be hungry. You got a tummy grumpy. I got a tummy grumble. <laughs> Whatever that is. Okay. Anyway. What are we talking about? Today we are continuing. Actually, we are going to wrap up our discussion on strange artifacts. Just strange things that kind of challenge the timelines of how long humans have been running around on this big giant ball. This organic spaceship. This celestial sphere that is spinning through outer space. It, it might be flat though. You know, I read somewhere that the Earth is traveling through space at 67,000 miles per hour. Wow. I see a Facebook post of like um, a guy in a Honda Civic and he's flooring it and it says like 80 miles an hour. And then it shows a picture of a guy in like a rocket and it's like 400 miles an hour, however rockets go. Uh And then there's a picture of a guy at a park serving a hot dog and it's like 67,000 miles an hour (laughs) because he's rotating. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I was like, what? I don't know if that's the number. Serena, hot dog. I think it was. Well, I don't know. It was like a meme. Looking all Who like knows normal. what it is? Yeah, it was meme-y. I didn't, uh, we, could, we could find out. Hey, Google, how fast is the Earth moving through space? 67,000 miles per hour. Noise. On the website scientificamerican.com, they say, it covers this route at a speed of nearly 30 kilometers per second, or 67,000 miles per hour. Thanks, Google. Now be quiet. You're a sweetheart. Yeah, so there you go. See, see, I'm maybe getting older, but I still have it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Silence. Crickets. I'm going to put crickets in there. (laughs) You're impressed, aren't you? I am impressed. (laughs) So, yeah, what we've been talking about are just things that kind of mess up the status quo as far as the timelines. I think we drilled that pretty good in the last two episodes. Right. And and we talked about some other things. We just hinted at them, but we didn't have time to really dive into them Mm -hmm. because we would have been talking too long. Which we tend to do often. Yeah, it's a thing. But I just wanted to mention just real quickly a couple more of the artifacts that are out there that kind of beg that you know, mankind has been around longer. Okay. And, you know, like all of the other ones, they are up for debate. There's a lot of critics that say, no, this stuff is garbage. It it was a hoax or whatever. For some people, they believe that these things are proof that man has either been around for a heck of a long time, Mm -hmm. like we're talking of hundreds of millions of years, or the earth is much younger than we think it is. And that's what these quote-unquote artifacts or fossils or whatever are implying. Right. Okay. So let's just, we'll just do a couple, a couple more, and then we'll jump into some other things that we kind of hinted at. Okay. One of the most famous finds is this iron cup. It's like a cast iron Mm -hmm. cup that was found in a coal mine. In Rome. And the gladiators used it to protect their genitalia. Well, that's a different kind of cup. This is like a sippy cup. This is like a really old sippy cup. Yeah. But anyway, it was found in a coal mine. Okay. And people are digging. What was that? Okay. So my wife interrupts this podcast. She just finished being Annie Oakley in a local theater performance of Annie Get Your Gun. Which she was really good at, by the way. She did great. Mm -hmm. She got a bunch of big bruises on her legs from riding a motorcycle. But she just texts me this. 
I believe in safety in numbers. 0. 0.22, 0. 0.4, 0.45, 9mm, 30.6, 0.223. <laughs> safety in rifles and ammunition. Yep. Various uh, calibers. <laughs> so what was I saying before your wife rudely but unknowingly interrupted me? Uh, something about bullets? <clears throat> yeah, okay. What? No. <laughs> you went for it, though. I did for a second, because I never pay attention to what you're saying. That's true. <laughs> That's been my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the big uh, genitalia protective covering. Yeah. We were, talking about, we were talking about cast iron cups. Yep. But, and I was saying that they are like sippy cups. Right. But this sippy cup was found deep, like a mile deep or so, in a coal mine. And the estimated age of that region was like over... 300 million years old that's pretty darn old pretty old right that's an old ass cup yeah so imagine you're you're a miner mm. you're down in this mine it's very dark and you can't buy alcohol can't gamble and you got your pickaxe and you're in there and you're like sledging out coal mm -hmm. and you're going wah, wah, crumble 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 and then wah, crumble 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 and then all of a sudden wah, ding, ding. Yep, yeah i got like it that, like that yep. like is that cast iron or is that more tin i think a cast I don't know. Both of them would probably go like clunk. Yeah, clunk. Because they're kind of soft. Yeah, but it's a metallic sound and out, out of the coin drops a thing that's obviously not like the coal. Probably identified at the time as a chingadera. Yeah. So they pick it up and they they start looking at it and it's like, it's a cup. It's a it's a cup that looks like it's got two little pore spouts on either side. Yeah, it looks a lot to me like something a blacksmith would use. Like if you... We would melt lead down to mm -hmm. use yeah. as like a, a a vibration dampener, and we would melt it down in a cup that looks very similar. To yeah, the picture it, it kind of looks like a crucible or something, but it's miniature. It's not mm -hmm. very big. It's yeah, it's small. And uh, this happened in nineteen forty eight, and it happened in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, in a coal mine in Oklahoma. Now, like all other things that we've talked about, it's highly debated. It's uh, tried to been totally debunked over and over again. People don't like this stuff, especially scientists, which I want to take a moment here uh, about science. I like science. I would say that I effing love science, but I don't like that <laughs> word. I hate that word, but I do like that site. And I am a science fan and I'm somewhat of a science nerd. Not that I'm really good at it or really knowledgeable or anything, but I like it. Mm -hmm. So I want to shout out to Kate. Kate. So Kate is one of the new listeners that started listening due to a shout out about our podcast by 1159 Media. Oh, they're cool guys. Yeah. And their new podcast called Hugs. Hugs. They did a, a shout out to a Strange Thing podcast. Good for them. And she started listening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, yep. guys. Thank you, operator. Hey, yes, the operator. <laughs> and Jack and Kent. Kent. Yep. But, Jack Luna. Yeah. Jack Luna. He talks so stoically. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's a good guy. <laughs> so Kate sent me a, an email through our website and said, hey, you said that the first law of thermodynamics is pseudoscience. First law of thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, is basically saying that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes form. Like right? a terminator. Yeah. <laughs> well... Terminator gets Terminator destroyed. can be destroyed. Yes, he can. <laughs> and so when she told me about it, I thought, you know what? I got to go back and listen to that. And it was in episode 36. 
and it was our episode on strange ghosts. Okay. And we were talking to a guy at a campfire who mentioned his theory that maybe what happens is, since that first law of thermodynamic is fact, or it's provable, mm-hmm. that maybe what happens when you die, the energy of you does not you know, dissipate or disappear or end. It actually just simply transforms into a new dimension or a new like shape a... or form or something. Do you have to let it linger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was basically saying that some people take that idea mm-hmm. uh, and they create a pseudoscience because they're using the first law of thermodynamics mm-hmm. and saying, okay, now that that proves that ghosts are these entities that transform from life to death or right. spirits. So that is what I was talking about as pseudoscience. And so I just want to clarify, Kate, I really appreciate you taking the time to email us and voice your concerns because we really value science. And I know also you mentioned that, you know, you can deal with, you know, that we talk occasionally about our religious beliefs or perspectives or whatever that we've had in the past. And I want to say thank you for that, too, that the patience you have with us, because just like you, me and Austin, probably to maybe a lesser extent, have had to wrestle with our faith systems because of the religious, uh, let's call it rigidity, rigidity. That, that we've experienced or that I've experienced as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was in rebellion against that for a long, long time. And I just want to say that we try really, really hard. Although I do have a faith, I do not want that to be something that I'm trying to push on people or do some kind of indoctrination or evangelization. I just throw things out there because it's where I'm at right now in the story of my life. Right. And so anyway, Kate, thank you. I hope I clarified that enough for you. And well, let's get back to it. I feel as though this would be a perfect thing that we could talk about on an open mic episode, open mic in Austin episode. It would be a fantastic. We, we definitely, and I'll even play that audio clip. <laughs> oh, Mike, Roscoe Picot train? Is no, that you? What's that guy, the laughing guy? And he like, <laughs> that's Roscoe Picot train. No, it's a different guy. He's on. He was. He was like a overnight sensation. He was like a. He like got a million hits on uh, him. I was thinking, and of he laughed. No, he's like he's got a chicken or something. And there's like they're, they're talking about the birds, and he starts laughing about his chicken. He's like, I heard Roscoe Well, he does that too. Anyway, we are way off. But anyway, so yeah, okay. Objects found in coal, right? Okay. We have this iron cup in uh, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, it's one of many. There are lots of artifacts that have been found in coal mines. Now, skeptics will say, oh, these things aren't, you know, 300 million years old. They are artifacts that somebody that was digging in the coal mine dropped and then somebody else picked it up. He dropped his tankard. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing that's kind of unique about the iron cup that was found in in Oklahoma. (laughs) Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. (laughs) Is that it's kind of a unique design. It's not like something that people had at that time that they would use somewhere Mm -hmm. in a coal mine. I mean, why would you carry a cast iron anything into a coal mine? It's too heavy. Right. You know, you'd take a tin thing or you'd take, you know, whatever. If that's the actual thing that you brought up on the screen right now. Mm -hmm. And I have nothing in the picture that can tell me. She's making popcorn. I think she's making popcorn. I love her. She's going to bring us popcorn. Roxanne, are you making popcorn? Roxanne! 
Man, we need popcorn. Are you gonna turn the microwave? Are you putting butter Please. on that popcorn? Are you gonna bring his cups to crunch into our microphones? That doesn't sound anything like the police. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, though. No, I don't know if it's funny. I'll get back to my thing. Okay. If, if that's the exact same cup that they found, yeah. and I have nothing in the picture to, like, mm -hmm. tell you how big... There's not, like, a dime or a hand or something to give you an idea of how big it is, but I would assume it's hand goblet size. You know, you could grab it. It would be heavy, and you wouldn't want to keep it in, like, a backpack or something. There's definitely stuff in the 1940s that's much more usable. Yeah. Like, I think they had, like, plastic cups probably mm -hmm. by then. They weren't carrying down cast iron double lips. To me, like I said before, it looks like something you would melt down, like, a a, a metal with a lower melting right, temperature. Yeah. And you could, mm -hmm. you could put it, like, grab it with a, a clasp, and you could pour it from either mm -hmm. side into a mold. It looks like a, a blacksmithing tool. So, apparently... Um, this guy, Frank Kennard, um, was using coal for like a, you know, a, a furnace or something. Mm -hmm. And there was a piece of coal that was too big for him to use. So he took the coal and he smacked it with a hammer to break it into a smaller piece. And out fell this cup, this coal cup that right. made of iron. Yeah. And what was interesting is that the uh, imprint in the coal itself had the shape of the negative of the cup. Yeah, it was like as though it was cast right. in the coal. It had somehow been in that formation of whatever that mm -hmm. was that turned to coal gotcha. around it. Okay. So it became coal around this thing. So you had to work probably to get it out right. of the coal. And so, uh, you know, he was like, wow, that's strange. So we actually told other people and there was actually witnesses that came and they signed an affidavit and stuff that said this was legit. And then they tracked it to where... The coal came from, which was this specific mine in, in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm done saying So anyway, that's how this thing, <laughs> that's how this thing kind of came to be. Gotcha. Well, you know, people debate, well, no, it was actually dropped in the coal mine by mm. a coal miner, or maybe it was dropped in there and then through the process of sledging out the coal that it got wet and maybe mashed up and then it re-hardened as it dried. And that's why it was in this like coal. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. It is kind of I would say, stretch. if I had to guess, somebody snuck it down there. Because the picture, it's pretty well made. It's very uh, symmetrical yeah. and ergonomic. It tapers at the bottom. It's yep. The lips are at the same spot. It's got the same radius around the edge. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's fake. It just To me, it looks really sophisticated. Right. Oh, and the other thing that's interesting about this is that from that same mine, there were a few other artifacts that were found. Mm -hmm. That were also embedded in coal. And this is also something that's happened in a lot of coal mines all over the world. Where they find artifacts like this in the coal that are obviously of human origin. Right. So, I mean, it just begs the question that we've been begging this whole series. What if the earth is younger than we think? Or what if man is way older than we think? Either way, it breaks some fundamental presuppositions of what the timelines are like. Right. So the basic thing is that breaks the Darwinian theory. Mm -hmm. And that's why people don't like it. People have a lot of invested faith. And I'm going to use the word faith because that's what it is. Because nobody was there to really know. Yep. So you put your faith in the science or you put your faith in your religion or you put your faith in whatever. But there's a lot of faith that will be messed up if... This proves to be a legitimate artifact. Yeah, if there's a way to track it mm -hmm. down to like 
exactly what time frame it came from. And that is what all of these artifacts and things that we're talking about, why I think it's strange and why we're talking about it. Because what does that do? What does that mean to you in your understanding of the universe and the world and who you are as a human being if science falls apart? Okay, or inversely, what if your religion falls apart? Right. What if... Which would probably found, be the bigger one. <laughs> probably, yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. going crazy. <laughs> you know, you take the foundations of what you believe your existence is on, and you break that foundation, and then you're just left hanging. And mm-hmm. what do you do? And, Rob a liquor store? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do some meth? I don't know. Meth, what do you do? Meth, liquor store robbing, and... Uh, Dig a big hole and see if you can find something. Yeah. But, it, you know, basically it, it shakes things up and it's uncomfortable. I've had several moments in my life, and you probably have too, where something you really trusted or believed in did not work out or you find out it's a lie mm-hmm. and it messes you up. Yeah, like, I don't know if I can really count on it, but I'm going to be a little bit confessional right now. Okay. Yeah. Go deep. You know, yeah. I'd, I'll put, let me put the somber music on. Okay. There's, so... It wasn't that long ago. Oh, no. It's okay, Austin. I really tried to cut back on my sugars. And I trusted Pepsi. And <laughs> oh, they sorry. said... I don't mean to make light. They said that Coke Zero tastes the same as as regular Coke. And, and I think I said it was Pepsi at first, but it goes for both of them. Dude, they lied to me. It's okay, Austin. They lied. It doesn't taste the same. Popcorn cereal. Popcorn cereal. (laughs) I feel better. (laughs) Okay. I'm better now. Thanks for the popcorn, Mommy. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Ugh. I'm sorry for anybody who's like me and hates the sound of people chewing like a horse that's Uh been deprived of food for the last three months. But uh, the popcorn was really, really good. It was really, really My good My mom makes popcorn. wicked good popcorn. She doesn't just like put Orville Redenbacher's in the microwave. She does like some kind of weird voodoo with well, a butter stick and well, all that. Well, what, what it is, is we, way back when we were first married, got... 1978? No. 1986. That's what I said. We just had our 35th wedding anniversary. We talked about algebra earlier. Don't worry about it. But anyway, it's all, it's all uh, anyway, I was uh, before you so rudely interrupted me and chastised me about my eating habits. Um, we got this microwave popcorn popper. Yeah, and you pour popcorn kernels in the bottom and you microwave it. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the design of this thing that we got has been so awesome. We've had it for thirty-five years. We've tried to buy other ones. Yep. And they don't work as good. The one you have has a big old crack in it. Yeah, because it's old and we use it a lot and it makes the best popcorn ever. Microwave popcorn ever yeah, anyway. Microwave. Yeah. My wife tried to buy me one, like, right, maybe even, I think it was when I bought the house. She bought me like a hamper, a bunch of towels, um, like some housewarming type gifts uh-huh. and then this popcorn Microwave maker. Microwave popcorn maker. And while the design was almost identical... It did not work. Maybe it was the microwave. But yours be. yours has been consistent across yeah, various I mean, microwaves. Like tons of microwaves. Yeah, because we've moved many, many times. Yep. I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. I had people over 
and I would make popcorn in that thing and like flip it up in the air and they'd be like, yeah. wow, you, you have made really good popcorn. So and for some reason, thing for almost all the kernels pop. I mean, I, I don't know why. It's something about the way it's shaped. Maybe it has those little kind of reservoirs where the popcorn kernels are. Mm-hmm. Maybe the angle that they sit. I don't know. For whatever reason. Probably ancient alien technology. It that could we've be. Passed. Penny. Penny. Go away. Serious business. Yeah, it is. Mm. If I weighed eight pounds, Seven. if I weighed that much, I wouldn't be barking and yelling at people. Little dog syndrome. Yeah, that's true. That's what it is. Okay. What are you talking about? We're talking about the popcorn maker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. Like ancient uh, artifacts that still work yeah, today. Yeah, right? it's 30 yeah. years old and it's still working. But anyway. Okay. Okay. Ancient artifacts still works. Mm-hmm. Proves that there was people a long time ago. Next topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's just do another one really quick. Uh, this one is very interesting. This one's called the Ica Stones. Ica? Ica. So these were found in Peru at a town called Ica. Imagine that. Yeah. So this is like the 1960s. And there's this guy who originally says he was finding these stones in caves and places like that. One of those. Yeah. One of those have the world. Yeah. And so he was taking these and he was selling them to tourists or whatever Mm -hmm. and giving them away as presents. And after a while, people started going, wait a minute, these things look like they're actually, you know, kind of old and archaic. Uh, Where are you finding these? And he was afraid that he was going to get in trouble. So then he changed his story and he said, no, I've I've been making these. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of how this thing originated. Well, here's the problem. Okay. There were over 15,000 of these stones that were found. 15,000? 15,000. So, I mean, if you you did the math, this guy would not be able to create all of these stones Mm. in his lifetime. It would be a full-time job. That's all he would do 24-7. Yeah, basically, you would have to be doing these like crazy. And these things are very intricate. Um, They were uh, stones that had kind of a dark finish. And inside, engraved in these stones, were like all of these animals and creatures and shapes and things. Mm-hmm. And what was so noticeable about them was that the stones had pictures of dinosaurs on them. Like, okay. Dinosaurs and like fish that were really rare. I mean, it was just, they're, they're very pretty. I'll put a couple pictures up. They're very pretty. And they're very dark, but then in white lines, like that's been chiseled mm-hmm. away, you see these shapes. And there's dinosaurs of different types. So, um, you know, people, after the initial kind of archaeological kind of frenzy about them, when the guy says, well, I just made it up, I, I made these myself, that became mm-hmm. the kind of standard answer of what these were. And everybody, they just fell off everybody's radar. Gotcha. But there were some things that didn't make sense. Um, one was that other people were finding these in other locations. Like other archaeologists or like random people? Just people living in that area were finding the same kind of stones in different locations mm-hmm. that obviously this guy hadn't made. They were finding them in caves or buried or wherever. Like other parts of the world or country or... No, in that same around that same oh, okay. geographical location. So if he was making them for himself, then why are they at other locations in the same area? Right. right. Or he made a whole bunch of them and took and, them to different And caves. scattered them around, you know, or something. Yeah. Which, Which would be kind of a bold move. Yeah. But. And it would be very hard to do. 
Yeah. I mean, if you do the math, how many he would have to do a day and how many years of his life he and would have to what spend. What did you say, 15,000? Over 15,000. Yeah. Okay. That's so there was another thing that was really interesting about these. In the 1960s, the depictions of one of the dinosaurs that was found on one of these Ica stones was an apatosaurus. Apata? Apatosaurus, yep. Okay. And the apatosaurus at that time in textbooks... You know, because there were there were textbooks of different kinds of dinosaurs. Dinosaur, yeah. But somebody had made a mistake, and they had put the wrong head on the Apatosaurus in the textbooks. Okay. So people had the wrong idea of what an Apatosaurus looked like. Hmm. They had put a Brontosaurus head on the Apatosaurus. Oh, heavens. Yeah. Oh, my. But the Ica stone that had... The Apatosaurus mm-hmm. had the correct head. Okay. So how would somebody in Peru somehow know the correct head to put on the Apatosaurus to draw it on this stone? How would that farmer in Ica know the correct way to draw an Apatosaurus head when all of the textbooks at the time had the wrong head on that dinosaur. So to clarify, they found these stones that had a depiction of a dinosaur on it. Right. Um, that the looked like this Apatosaurus. But mm-hmm. because of later archaeology, they decided unanimously that this Apatosaurus had a different head than they had originally expected. Well... I don't know if that makes it clear. Here, let me try it again. You try. So, basically, at the time in the 1960s, archaeologists had dug up a dinosaur called an Apatosaurus. They had mixed up the heads in the depictions of this Apatosaurus and put the wrong head on it. It Mm -hmm. was a brontosaurus head put on the Apatosaurus, from what I understand, from what I've read. So... At that time, if that farmer in Ica had been copying the pictures of the Apatosaurus and depicting them on the stones, he would have put the wrong head on the stone, on that dinosaur. Okay. But instead, he had the correct head on the stone that he found. So what you're saying is, somebody at the time, if they had been faking finding something, that was an Apatosaurus. They would have put the other kind of dinosaur face on, on the but, but this fella, individual from the Ica, 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 Peru, Ica guy, Peru, didn't do that. He put a different face on it, and then later it was discovered that it had a different face. So it therefore validates that Ica guy. No had the right face and he couldn't have been faking it because he didn't put the... He could not have put the right head on it because they didn't know what the right head was at the time. Whoever created that stone knew the correct head for that dinosaur. And that was found out later. And that was found out later. So this guy, ick, 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 ick guy was ahead of his time. He was, yeah, because they, they corrected the head mm-hmm. mistake in 1979. You might say that the Ica guy was ahead of his game. He was ahead of his time. (laughs) Anyway, yes. So in 1979, they changed the depiction of the Apatosaurus. And it looked like what was on the Ica stone from 1960. Okay. So I think we circulated that one pretty well. So, I mean, it's not not rocket science. Anyway, so people started going, wait a minute. Maybe this guy just lied about 
creating them because he was afraid he was going to get in trouble and thrown in prison for the rest of his life for basically plundering an archaeological dig. Fraud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if these things were real, if these things were actually something that somebody had created long ago, Mm -hmm. um, they dated because of the patinas on the stone. they, They think these things had been around for a very long time because of the natural kind of patina that was put on the stones. Right. And they estimated that they were probably up to five, six, seven, even as far as 12,000 years old. That's old. So the problem is if dinosaurs were around 12,000 years ago, that breaks the timeline. Mm -hmm. And these stones obviously weren't 300 million years old or whatever they would have needed to be. Also breaks the timeline. And who would have been around way back then to see them, to create and draw them onto the stones? I know who exactly was around at that point. His first name is... Sass. His last name is Quatch. Sasquatch. Oh, he's a cousin to Beakfoot. Big, yeah, Beakfoot is his. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay, so um, one more interesting thing, really quickly, because we're beating this to death. Old Uncle Yeti. Is that in 15, well, I think it was in the 1500s, like 1525, there was a Jesuit missionary okay. who found a stone similar to that. And this is like mm-hmm. 100 years, 120 years before this farmer in Ica was started it, doing was it. Was it 10 stones? But he was in the same region, right? Mm-hmm. And this missionary finds a stone and he sends it off to uh, Spain. And this is in like 1562, something like that. Okay. So that's way before this farmer guy says that he made them. Yep. And so they pre-exist that. And they have dinosaurs on them. This this stone that was sent to Spain from Peru in 1560-whatever-it-was mm-hmm. had a dinosaur on it. That's before all of the dinosaur crap took off and the dinosaur. Darwinian model took off. So that's another reason people think maybe these things have been around a lot longer. Okay. So and he predated... Random farmer. Yes. Who has the mm-hmm. dino discrepancy. Yeah. The uh, okay. Jesuit missionary predated Abram. the Ica. Avram found some stone tablets. <laughs> it's just another thing that shows that timelines maybe aren't as etched in time. Get it? Ooh. As we might think they are. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, that's enough artifacts. Let's go on to some other stuff. Okay. Um, and everybody's heard of these things. So everybody's heard about these ancient structures that had, you know, are made of like the gates are made of like precisely cut stones. And they're mm. the huge, you know, just tons and tons of stones moved miles and miles. Kind of uh, the pyramid of yeah. Giza type right. scenario going And on. stacked with precision, cut with precision, somehow moved and mm. built with precision. So there are a lot of those things around there. I think you even mentioned some of the things things that are etched and engraved in the earth that you can only see from up in the air Yeah, because I, they're massive. And I wish I could remember exactly where they came from. Well, it's funny you should say that because those images are also found in Peru. They're called the Nazca lines. Nazca? Nazca. You can only see those from the air, mostly. I mean, you right. can see the trenches and stuff that people dug. Yeah, aerial view. Right. But from an aerial view, they actually turn into objects and depictions of like strange creatures and stuff. Bugs and dudes. Yeah. Okay. 
So anyway, that's a fascinating thing. It's like, oh, I, I don't know what that has to do with necessarily what we're talking about other than the technology behind it. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How do they yeah. know how to How'd do it? How did they get that aerial mm-hmm. view? Mm-hmm. Astral projecting to a hawk? <laughs> right, right. Well, one of the places that I thought was kind of interesting too is a place in Turkey. And what's really interesting about this place is it has these, these columns, 20 columns or so that are built in concentric circles. And they're huge stones, like 20 tons. And they're like 20 feet high. And they have like engravings on the side, depictions of the animals mm-hmm. and things like that. And that location is called Gobekli Tepe. Wow, that's quite the word. Yeah, you've probably heard of that before. I have heard of it. It's yeah. a it's a famous place. And what's strange about that is, you know, I think when they first saw this, they didn't realize how old this was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if... If this was built around, you know, the same time as like maybe the uh, the Egyptians were building the pyramids, you, you wouldn't think so much about it. But this stuff dates back to 12,000 BC. Or supposedly. Supposedly 12,000 BC. Frame. Yeah, okay. And the technology that they had in cutting and stacking and moving these stones mm-hmm. is astounding. I mean, maybe not by today's standards. Okay. But from 12,000 BC, I mean, this is like when people are coming out of the Fertile Crescent that we were talking about with like strange gods. Mm-hmm. And they're building these sophisticated okay. structures. So this kind of messes up the timelines, at least as far as what we think, what kind of technology was available at the time. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about all these little topics we're hitting is that we could probably do a single episode on anything like Gebetle Tepe. Oh yeah, totally. I think there's podcasts. Uh, well, I think well, you I know, think at uh, some point uh, we might go back and do a full episode on any one of these number of things that we talk about. I mean, we could totally do an entire episode on it. Totally. Exactly. If yeah. we could go there and we could check it out, mm-hmm. I think we could do a full episode on it and, and actually dig into the details. Right now we're trying to put down an umbrella that kind of covers all these different things that we want to look into in the future. Well, and the reason we're talking about these in like numbers is because what I'm really interested in for this series is strange artifacts that beg us to ask questions about Mm -hmm. the timeline. Yeah. To me, that's the strange thing. Isn't so much the artifacts, although they are strange, (laughs) but what is really strange to me is what it does to what we think of as the age of the earth, the age of mankind, those kind of things. Right. That's what these termite crank about. Did you just say termite crank about? <laughs> no. Because that picture you just brought up looks like if I had to just imagine something that was called termite crank, it might be it might be that thing. Termite crank? Termite. Like oh. the little bugs that eat wood. <laughs> oh. That no. looks like a little bug that eats wood mate that's that's crank. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is called the Antikythera mechanism. Whoa. Antikythera. Antikythera. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about like strange technologies and things like that. So what this is, is like an ancient astronomical device. And what's really weird about it is that they think this thing was made around 87 BC, like, like really old. Long First century BC. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't really know what it was at first. It looks like this device with gears and crankshafts. Yeah. 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 And it looks like it's got some cogs or something right yeah yeah well what it did when they finally figured out what it was this thing actually can like chart the movement of the planets and the stars so it is a gear it's like a timing chain making like a timing right it's an astronomical measuring device basically 
Um, some I people, like it. some people like called it a, it a, a computer, you know, because it computed the trajectories of the different planets and okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. And you read about it, it's very fascinating. We're not going to go deep because um, it could be an entire episode, kind of like we said. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, crazy it's looking. it is, it's cool looking and you know, what's interesting about it other than it's just really cool and it's a ancient, basically an ancient calculator or computer is that it was not even something that we did until like, like the 14th century when people started making mechanical clocks, like right before the industrial revolution. It's a bizarre thing. It's so symmetrical. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's weird about it. Is yeah. it's so round and it has these wheel like there's some I don't know how to describe it really. There's it's, some serious tech involved in creating this. You know uh <laughs> X-Men? X-Men, yeah. Like the old X-Men cartoon. Yeah. And, and it, Professor X has those X wheel like his wheelchair oh, is an X wheelchair. shape. Okay, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, like the kinda, wheel and it's mm-hmm. so symmetrical and like perfectly round and it's kind of machined. Like, yeah, it's like wheels within wheels, man. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's X's within. It's X's and O's. <laughs> there are O's and X's, yeah. But it's cool. It's it's like something yeah. that's kind of way ahead of the timeline that you're supposed to think of. And, yeah. I mean, this one's probably a little more explainable than some because, you know, they, they were messing around with mathematics and stuff at that time. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the engineering and the manufacturing that went into place to make this very accurate computing system is pretty crazy. Yeah, for okay. sure. So now let's turn a quarter. We talked about uh, artifacts and a little bit about technology and, you know, making crazy structures with some kind of technology we don't even know about now. From X-Men. Um, let's talk about a few other things and then we'll jump out of this episode. We'll tie it up. And that is... You know, I talked about finding um, archaeological things that weren't necessarily artifacts, but they were like ar- archaeological finds that were messing up the timelines. Right. And we talked about finding dinosaur footprints and then uh, finding human footprints with them. Human footprints. Right alongside in the same rock strata. Mm-hmm. Right. This most famously came about in like the 1970s in uh, Paluxy, Texas. Tejas. Paluxy, Texas. Paluxy, Tejas. Mm-hmm. This was a big deal. When this first came out, there was this famous series of tracks where they found a big dinosaur footprint. And then alongside of it, walking in the same sedimentary layer were all these supposedly human footprints. And at first it stirred things up and there was like a book written about it, you know, and like the creation research people jumped all over. It's like, see, we told you there's humans walking uh-huh. with dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, that went on for quite a while. And once these footprints are exposed in the sandstone, in the rock layers, um, once they're exposed, they actually degrade really rapidly because water's flowing over them and stuff. And they don't last very long. And so people studying them and then they kind of lost some of their fidelity. And then they're like, well, no, that's just another footprint of a smaller dinosaur walking along a big dinosaur. And people kind of like, yeah, poo-pooed it. And then it kind of went away. And so some people had made like a movie about it and they'd written books about it. And, you know, like this is evidence that man was walking with dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of got discredited and it kind of went away. Well, then other things started happening. 
Um, and that namely is they found a bunch of other footprints in different locations of humans walking along supposedly with dinosaurs. That's crazy. Yeah. So you would find these footprints, same level of sandstone in the same rock Stratus layer. Layer, yeah. yeah. And right next to each other. And in one case, but this is in Paluxy as well, was a footprint of a dinosaur actually stepping on the footprint of a human. Is that the picture that's brought up? That's right the now? footprint that's up there, yeah. It looks pretty human footprint. Yeah. It might have a bad case of gout. Like a gout or <laughs> Something. A, a, like bad bunions. Yeah. Well, and this Paluxy <laughs> area is, I guess it's in uh, North Texas. Okay. It's, uh, you know, 50 miles or so out of Fort Worth. But anyway, it made a lot of waves and pe- a lot of people talk about it, a lot of debate. A lot of creationists were going, oh, yeah, see, we told you, young Earth. Right. And then a lot of scientists were going, no, that's crazy. That's just dinosaur stuff. Everybody knows yeah. that man was not walking with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So it kind of went away. And I'd heard about this when I was younger. And so I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Dinotopia is real. Yeah, you got to go full dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> so then it kind of, you know, I'd heard about that it was probably a big kind of mistake or people were making a big de- deal out of something that wasn't true. So I kind of just let it fall off my radar. Well, lo and behold, through the years, they found a lot more of these things. And they're mm-hmm. not all in Texas. Um, they found them in Russia. They, Russia? Fa- they found them in Nevada. Nevada. And so and not always are there like a human footprint alongside a dinosaur mm-hmm. footprint. Sometimes all you find in a rock strata that's measured to be 300 million years old. Bajillion. Is just a footprint. Just a human footprint a human walking. Footprint. Or maybe two sets of footprints walking mm-hmm. together. Problem is mankind wasn't supposed to have evolved until like 200,000 right. years ago. They're jumping the gun. So why in the heck are there these footprints right. in 300 million year old rocks of humans? Now, it would be really cool mm-hmm. is to see like a velociraptor with like a human skull and his digestive system. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That really turned my crank. Well, did you see that picture I put up on last episode, the artwork I did for the last episode? Where there's a guy riding like a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, like a it's a old like petroglyph type uh, picker pecker. What's the name of the the uh, dinosaur that has the big head with the spiky nose? Triceratops. Yeah, with but, three horns. Yeah, it's like a guy riding a Triceratops, and that's one of those figurines that were found. Like there's like fifty thousand or thirty five thousand yeah. of these things yeah, found. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like a it was like a like a drawing, like a petroglyph or a no. Picked a pecker. No, it wasn't a drawing. This was... It wasn't in a drawing? It wasn't like an artifact? No, it was a clay sculpture of a guy riding a triceratops. Anyway, you'll have to look at the artwork that... Obviously, I'm the one that only ever does anything on the production of this stuff. Yeah, (laughs) production-wise, but without me, it wouldn't be funny. (laughs) So, so yeah, but anyway, there are these weird things where humans are not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And when... Well, more importantly... They're not when they're supposed to be. When. Yeah. <laughs> One other quick thing I wanted to just throw out there because I thought this was kind of cool. And it's known as the Nevada track. And, you know, unlike the human footprints in the sandstone, you know, that they have little piggies in the heel and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. This is unique because the Nevada track, um, it was found in like 1922. And it's basically a human footprint. But on close examination they discovered that the human footprint wasn't actually like the bare foot of an imprint. It was like the sole of a shoe. So it was a track, a human track in 
stone that they knew that was at least 5 million years old, but mm. it had tread marks in it. It had the actual sole of the shoe and the different textures of the... Like, they, like some moccasin or something? Yeah, and, and stitching, and mm. it looked like uh, whatever the sole was with, had a, a unique shape to it. Interesting. And so how in the world did a more modern-looking shoe with a sole end up in a sedimentary layer that's supposedly 5 million years old, at least 5 million years old. Hmm. Humans weren't around, according to the accepted timelines right now. And so, I mean, that's another thing. There are a bunch of these kinds of things. And, you know, I can't even go through them all. I mean, they found them in Nevada. They found them in Russia. They found them in, in Texas. They found them all over the place, these kinds of weird human artifacts. They found bones buried in stone that, you know, the sedimentary layers, they're supposed to be like 300, 400 million years old. And there are like a bunch of human bones in there. Like That's crazy. Yeah. And they're, they're not like laid in there like a grave. They're like all stacked up weird, almost like they were dead and then washed into a ravine. And then that got under high pressure. And mm. then that encased these humans in stone. Weird. And it's like, well, how did that happen? Yeah, they didn't dig them down in there or something. They just kind of washed yeah. into that Yeah. Area. So there's a lot of that mm. kind of stuff. And all of these things mess up the timeline. We could go into other things, too, about like things found inside of the sedimentary layers where other fossils are found from epochs or different time zones that they shouldn't be in. Mm -hmm. You know, like a dinosaur with like maybe some kind of mammal or some kind of uh, sea creature at the mm -hmm. same time. It's like, well, what's going on now? People that believe in, you know, creation and catastrophic kind of events, they can explain, well, yeah, there was the great flood. That's, right. that's what happened. Um, you take that out of the picture and you're trying to explain these strange cross pollinations of different artifacts mm -hmm. in something that's supposed to be really old in archaeological time. I mean, that creates a problem. So anyway, it's fun stuff to talk about. I don't know. We didn't solve anything. We just threw out a bunch no, of junk. No, we'll probably never solve some. But I hope I hope it challenges people to check into it. Yeah. And maybe instead of being so dogmatic about everything, maybe slather a little bit of uh, suspicion on your perception and maybe uh, be willing to think about something different. You don't have to believe it, but there's no harm in thinking about it. Right. It's fun to think about what if men, you know, humans did walk with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe dinosaurs aren't that old or people are way older than they were assumed to be. Mm -hmm. But the idea of a, a tribal group of old pre-civilization men hunting down a Tyrannosaurus Rex to feed their family is a pretty cool idea. It is a cool idea. Like, I would play that game all day long if it was a video game. Well, and kind of like <laughs> and we talked about like in a lot of legends and stuff like that. In different cultures, you have right. people that hunt down and kill dragons. And, you know, not all of them are like fire breathing. Some of them sound like dinosaurs, yep. you know, where they're dinosaurs that survived the ice age or whatever, the cataclysm, the comet that hit and messed everything up. You want to I don't hear know. my, my uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex noise? Yeah. I got to put my arms up like this. Okay. Picture it at home, people. Okay. Got to put your arms up like you have no elbows. Mm -hmm. You gotta say like "ha," but through your nose, and you gotta say it really loud like this. You like that? That's pretty good. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, you know, I saw an article the other day, okay. and it was on Facebook. One of the news things that come up on Facebook. So it's got to be true. Oh yeah, because Facebook's everything always is on point. Yep. Everything on Facebook is true, and if it's not true, they won't let it be on Facebook. They'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, Facebook oh, is okay. full about truth. Yeah, we don't want to go there, but. <laughs> They believe that the T-Rex didn't look anything like the T-Rex that we've seen in like Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and all those. He actually had this kind of more bulbous nose. And mm-hmm. not only that, but he rocked a mullet. Noise. Yeah, he had like hair that went back and was almost mullet looking. Up he comes from the land where the mullet attacks. Yeah. I thought that was a cool... Business up front, party in the back. It just kind of ruined T-Rex for me. Yeah. I mean, he kind of looked like a bozo. I kind of heard... <laughs> You know, read an article here or there on Facebook or whatever video on YouTube, but like a T Rex was actually more like a scavenger. Like he would just kind of like mosey eat around dead and things. eat dead things because he wasn't fast or you know athletic. Hmm. And Velociraptors and things like that were more uh, predatory. Predatory, but he was more like a nomadic type. Uh, you just wander around and, huh. eat, and eat dead things. Um, that, that sounds like a guy that has a mullet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, on that happy sound note, no, I think we can get out of this episode and then get on to something exciting. I know we've got a couple trips planned in the uh, very near future. We've got some big news with kind of a uh, kind of a collaboration with with people. We're going to be talking about that in the near future. And uh, anyway. We just want to keep doing what we're doing and having fun. Yep. I got a hunting trip coming up. We're approaching September. Mm-hmm. And as an archery hunter, I get to um, partake of the early season uh, archery shootage of the animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to have some fun stories coming from that. And maybe some video or some pictures. It's a good time. Yeah. And before it gets too cold, which is going to happen in a couple months, uh, we got to get a, a couple of these trips in on our investigatory uh, journeys. Mm-hmm. And I think those will be fun. We got one coming up. Uh, I don't know if we want to allude to it at all. But if you're familiar with Children of the Corn, it's a very f- similar premise. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a hint. That was so awkward. You know what my dinosaur noise reminded me of? What? Uh, in Star Wars, there's those uh, Tusken Raiders that like, oh, yeah. hit the... <laughs> Yeah, you know, they that, give me that. That, that sounds kind of a lot vibe. like that. Speaking of sound effects, mm-hmm. you did a really awesome horse. Can you do that? Horse? <laughs> I've been working on my horse noise. I don't know if I can do it right now. You need to pull the microwave further away. <laughs> microwave? You got to pull the microwave further away because you'll max out. I don't out. think I can do it because I've done horse noises on. Like I've tried to do horse mm-hmm. noises before and I could never do it. I think uh, you should close this out with a good I, horse I, nose. Okay. <clears throat> horse nose. Horse noise. Let me get a drink here. Okay, I'm gonna... That was good. That was my vocals. <coughs> and you're all choked up. Yep. It hurts. Well, well, now that you're all choked up, it closes out. So join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversations. <laughs> Daters. Daters. Daters.